welcome to episode number 51 of the Stick to Hockey podcast. Jason Mertitis at Jason Mert on Twitter. Russ Cohen, fresh from Vancouver, at Sportsology on Twitter, sportsology.com. All the books are there, everything's there, your analysis, your writing, and much, much more. Appreciate it. Uh, um, all right, so I just heard from Flyers PR. Cam, uh, the Flyers, Cam York, going to call us here momentarily. We'll talk to the Flyers' first pick in the draft of uh, this year, which they traded back. Mm-hmm. God, so much to get into, Russ, it's embarrassing. <laughs> um, secondly, we're, we're going to talk to Cam York. We're also going to talk to uh, Flyers' assistant general manager, Brent Flair, okay. about said draft. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of questions there. And then we're also going to talk to the newest Flyer that will be on the team this year, Center Kevin Hayes, who signs the seven by fifty million dollar contract over seven years. Seven points. Seven point one four. Okay, seven point one four AAV. So we'll talk to Kevin Hayes. So we have a lot to get into. But first and foremost, you're back from Vancouver. How was it? It was great. I mean, I I love the draft. It was my third trip to Vancouver. I was there for the last draft. You know, when Bobby Clark fudged uh, Claude Giroux's name, and then <laughs> I was there for the um. World Juniors also. So this is my third trip there. Love it. Great people. Great I was city. in Seattle. I was in Seattle for a portion of it, and so I got to see a Mariners game. That ballpark's beautiful. Oh, it is. Right, it's, right there off of... Uh, used to be Safeco. Now it's, yep. uh, I don't know, T-Mobile. It's mm-hmm. T-Mobile Park. And, and the football stadium's right there as well. Yes. Right along the water. Yeah, nice part of town. Good beer there. Good... You know what the big thing at the stadium was? Garlic fries. Really? I like garlic fries. Oh. Not every day, because you can't handle that, but... <laughs> <laughs> I would be able to handle it if you had garlic fries today. That's, yeah, that's a good thing. That's true. But it was good. And so but the draft is its own animal, man. I love it because a lot of people go who don't necessarily cover daily in the NHL. So you see some some newer folks, you see some older folks that are in other markets that maybe you only see once a year. So it's it's nice. It's a big get together. Okay. So you go out there, the draft takes place. Mm-hmm. Uh, any surprises for you uh in that in the first round in particular, you know, you were a guy that was bullish on certain guys, so I know you weren't surprised uh, seeing some guys go a little earlier than maybe other prognosticators predicted. Yeah, like Shane Malloy and I do a um, pre... I, I do the pregame. He does the, the regular show. I'm on the post for um, Sirius, so we're on the draft floor, so we get to see a lot, hear a lot. Mm-hmm. I had said on shows, I may even said here, I thought Moritz Seider would be a top 10 pick. Yeah. And the, the big German and, and Detroit took him what sixth, fifth, yeah. sixth, and so the thing about it is I wasn't surprised because it's a very big need for them. He, I think he could play in the NHL right away. I think they think he could play in the NHL right away. That solves some problems right away for Steve Eiserman. So, so that was good. He's got the NHL body already. And that's he does. probably why Eiserman makes the selection. And he's though. and he's mature. I, I felt bad about Cole Caulfield because again, people could tell me, oh, this league doesn't have a size bias, and they could say it to my face, and I still won't believe it. Well, it, there's going to be a size bias for a little while longer. There's been a lot of guys to start to knock that wall down. Right. Uh, Gaudreau, prime yeah. example. Uh, but when you see the numbers and the goal-scoring numbers that Cole Caulfield put up and the fact that at the U18s, he ties Ovechkin's record. Right. I mean, you're in a different, you're in rarefied air. I, like, I'm going to go back with the Brinkett when I was defending him. Now, he went much lower. Um, when I was defending Debrinket after that draft, I went back and I said, and I looked at this all along. I'm like, look at his numbers in high school. Look at his numbers in juniors. They never wavered. He got these numbers all the time. Every time he, he went, and every year he was consistent. Same thing with Caulfield. Mm-hmm. Every year. There's so much like data out there like that's not like written data. It's not analytical. But if you put it together, if you're like a... You know, you try and piece it all together like a detective. 
it's not hard to do. I mean, they have this thing called the shooting room at, at the NTDP, and I actually asked Cam about that at the draft because he's a defenseman, and a lot of the guys like are in there. Hughes is in there, and Caulfield's yeah, in there, release. and and they all said Caulfield's like a beast in there. Like he's like he's the best guy in that room, and he he had the most goals. Like, but he's still practicing. He even told me at the draft, "Hey, I'm practicing all the different angles." that I'm shooting at because there's a couple spots I really like, but I know when I get to the next level, it's going to be harder to score. So I'm already working on scoring from different areas. He knows all these things. He yeah. did 16 pull-ups. I'm not saying that's the end all for strength, but I'm telling you that's a good amount of pull-ups. And even though he might only be 165 pounds, he can handle it. He's wiry. You know, all these things, there's a lot of things to look at. But the Flyers passed on him twice. That's that's their business. Yeah, as did a lot of other teams, and you wonder how quickly or if, in fact, many teams are going to go, man, we, we missed out. Teams that drafted, you know, four and beyond and going, this guy's just a pure goal scorer, and he was going to score. He has scored at every level, and he's going to score at this level, and then he's going to end up putting up 45, 50 goals. Yeah, I mean, he won't do that right away, and neither did Brinkett. But I think in a couple of years, he can get mm-hmm. to the 35, 40 range. Yep. And, yeah, and if he does that, I mean, again, I think people need to see him just practice his shot. Like, go see him in warm-ups. Yeah. Forget about the game because he's always going to do things in the game to help other players. He, he's a pretty good assist guy, too. It's not like he just gets goals. But if you watch him warm up, you I think people would change their mind. Like fans. Just I mean, teams certainly know. And... Oh, yeah, the release is elite. Yeah. He's maybe the only guy with an elite release in the draft or at least – Elite enough that you say, you know what, that guy, that's special. The the thing about Caulfield, you know, dropping and he gets selected 15th right after Cam York gets selected by the Flyers and the Flyers move back. And the fans hate that, right? Because it's Montreal and they're like, oh, man. And and what is the thing? Oh, we've been looking for a goal scorer. Why would you want a goal scorer when you can't score goals? You know, right. And so all of a sudden that puts a a weird kind of pressure on Cam York because Caulfield was there uh, in that draft. And they passed on him essentially twice because they took could take him at eleventh and they could have taken him at fourteenth. Yeah. And they go defenseman. So before we get Cam on here on the podcast, what did you think of uh, the pick of Cam York? Oh, I love it. I mean, I I had noticed him right away last year in a tournament, and skating was great, smart, really good with puck retrieval, excellent on the power play, can run any power play. And so there was a lot to like. But then I started asking around too. I do that a lot. Like I ask other other players, I ask teammates, I. When I do my rankings, I do all of those things, too, because I want to see what other people see. I ask scouts. I do, mm-hmm. you know, but I don't take anybody's one word over what I think, but it helps form a, an opinion for sure. And guys who oppose York talk about his brain. Guys who play with him say, yeah, the hockey IQ is off the charts, and that's maybe something that doesn't get talked about enough. I When I spoke to him at the Combine, he was I got him to sort of, angrily defend his defense mm-hmm. because everybody talks, hey, Cam York, all the you know, all the offense, but they don't really talk about his defense because, again... Yeah, he's talked about it. He's a guy that likes to go back and retrieve pucks yes. and, and, and win board battles, Yeah, even though he's not of the biggest stature. Yeah, I mean, well, again, you know, if you, if you think about it, if you look at it, the NTDP would win some games by five and six goals. Mm-hmm. So in those circumstances, defense gets overlooked sometimes. Yeah, and the NTDP had one hell of a first round. Yeah, what, 17 players overall. I I was with the coach for a little while. He came on the show, and he, I said to him, I said, before the draft started, I said, hey, you could have three centers go in the top 10. There's never been any team that I could think of that, that has ever <laughs> done that. And he, I said, what would that be like? And he said, it would be awesome. <laughs> and he, you know, and he cried when when Jack Hughes got picked. Mm-hmm. 
it, Turcotte. Yeah, it was it was just you know what these guys work hard, they coach hard, they deserve all the credit. Yeah, you're a guy that's followed prospects for a long time. How far has the U.S. program come? It's amazing. It I mean, is off the charts. I was talking to Dave Fisher about it, who who runs it, you know, from the PR perspective. And I said, as a kid, it was the Mullins, right? I was, I grew up in New York. Joey so Mullins. Chris and Joe, I mean, that, those were the guys, right? And then, and then it, it started branching out, and then you, you know, eventually got to the Olympic team where you had the Leeches and and Chelioses and Kachuks. All right, not to interrupt you, Russ, but that's all right. Let's not talk about the man. Let's talk to the man from the. NTDP and the Flyers' first selection in the 2019 NHL draft. Cam York joins us right now on the Stick to Hockey podcast. Cam, how you doing? Doing great. How are you guys doing? Great. Cam, it's been, uh, I'm sure, a whirlwind for you leading up to the draft and then uh, having that experience out in uh, Vancouver. Uh, can you kind of sum up what the weekend was like and, uh, and, the, and the Flyers selecting you and, and how it felt when it all came to a conclusion? Yeah, I mean, like you said, it was a pretty overwhelming weekend. Um, just a lot of emotion. Um, a dream, a dream come true for myself and, and my family. So, um, uh, just to go through it with with all of them there and uh, friends supporting me, um, it was just a weekend I'll, I'll never forget for the rest of my life. And um, you know, I have a big opportunity ahead with the Flyers, and um, I couldn't be happier to to be a part of of this organization and um, just the the names that that are on this this team and um, to to be a part of that was uh, something special and. Um, you know, I'm here at development camp now, so I'm getting familiar with the area and um, everything Philadelphia has to offer. So um, it's an unbelievable city, and uh, I just can't wait to uh, to get started here. Cam, uh, the one thing I noticed, I, I was at camp and I'd watched you a lot this year, but it seems like you and uh, Gritty got into a fast friendship <laughs> there, almost like ginger yeah. brothers in arms. Yeah. Um, Are you I, going I Gritty like... already? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, actually, my uh, my brother sent me. Someone tweeted out, and um, I saw it, and I thought it was pretty funny. Um, yeah, I guess I've got the red hair. He's got the red hair, so we're a perfect fit for each other. And um, you know, he's he's a beauty, so uh, I'll, I'll take it as a compliment. <laughs> There's a lot of gingers in this town. Of course, Claude Giroux and Carson yeah, Wentz. That's right. Yeah, yeah. and Jake. And Jake, Jake's an unkempt ginger, but nonetheless. A ginger. Yep. Uh, <laughs> your plan uh, going forward, you're going to head to the University of Michigan. Did Penn State not come after you, first of all? Did Penn State, sorry? Yeah, Penn You go to a Big Ten school, you got to go to Penn um, State. Yeah, they, they were there. Um, but uh, Michigan was the spot for me. Okay. Well, you're going to go to Michigan. Uh, how do you see, what do you got to work on in your game to, to eventually land you in the NHL and you know be a regular on that blue line for the Flyers? Where, where do you see the areas where you need to improve? Yeah, I think for myself, um, just physically, I feel like I I have a good IQ and see the game the right way, which is going to help me moving forward with the with the Flyers. But I think physically, I, I want to mature a little bit and um, add add some size to my game. Yeah, Cam, I have to say, I asked a lot of people about you, and and the IQ came up a lot. And so I've talked about that the last couple of days because a lot of times we talk about your offense. Some will talk about your defense. I don't think enough have talked about your hockey IQ, but your teammates and and the opposition talk about it. Yeah, I mean, um, like you said, I feel like offensively and defensively, um, people see what I can do. Um, but I feel like my hockey IQ is is really really good, and um, you know, it's something that I, I strive to uh, to work on every day, and um, you know, it's something that's just kind of kind of come to me throughout my career. So um, I'm, I'm definitely lucky to have it. Let me take you back in your career. 
you know, you, you come out of, what, is it Anaheim Hills, California? Yeah, Anaheim Hills, yep. And how are you turned on to get, it's not really like one of those known kind of hockey hotbeds, but, you know, we see a lot of non-traditional markets right now producing NHL players. Look at Austin Matthews, Shane Gossespierre is a Florida kid. You know, you look all over the league now, there's guys from non-traditional markets making the NHL. Uh, how were you turned on to the game, and uh, how did your game develop where it landed you at the NTDP? Yeah, so um, I started playing roller hockey um, out in California at a, a rink in my backyard, and that's kind of how I got started with the whole hockey thing. Uh, my dad played football, my mom played volleyball. <laughs> like Hockey really wasn't in my family that much, um, but just threw on some rollerblades in the backyard and um, fell in love with the game. And um, uh, from there, my uh, my roller rink closed down, so... My options were either baseball, football, or um, ice hockey, and um, I wanted to, to do something different, and, and ice hockey was that. So um, it just kind of took off from there, and um, I don't know. It's just a, kind of a whirlwind of, of emotion. Um, and then from there, I left my, my family to go to Shattuck for two years, and then um, yeah, the, the NCDP for two years. So I've been away from, from home for a while, but... Um, you know, hopefully it uh, prepares me for, for, for Philly. When did you know you had NHL-level potential? Um, I mean, my, my whole life I feel like I've kind of been on, in like, the top of, of my team and, and players and um, worldwide. Like, being from California, you don't get the same press that everybody does. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, my um, I knew my abilities were, were um, you know, a lot higher than most people expected, and um, you know, I, I thrive with that. I think um, when people don't, you know, believe in me or, or think I'm the real deal, it just motivates me. And um, you know, I'm I'm at where I am today. So um, just proving people wrong. Cam, I really like the brotherhood that your team has or had now. But like Zegers basically told the media, "Hey, if Turcotte doesn't go third, if they don't pick him third, they're crazy." Uh, Caulfield probably fell a little more than most thought. Mm-hmm. Give, give me an idea of what. Caulfield meant to the team and other things he does besides goal scoring because it seems like I've had to defend that for like the last week even though the guy scores 72 goals which isn't easy to do mm-hmm. yeah I mean um, obviously his goal scoring ability is, is pretty um, incredible um, he just is able to find the back of the net he plays with um, you know players that can find him and um, you know I'm excited to see what he does but um, just his, his personality he's a really good kid off the ice I'm sure you guys have heard that before. Um, I mean, he's lip syncing or or singing. Yeah. I couldn't tell in sync, right? Or yeah. one of those bands. Oh, yeah, he's pretty he's, good. Uh, that's not exactly yeah, a feather in his cap. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he does love to sing. Okay, so yeah. that's a thing. Yeah, he loves to sing. Um, he's usually singing in the shower or something like that. <laughs> so. uh, it's pretty funny, but um, yeah, he's just a good kid. Always has a smile on his face, and um, I'm excited to see what he does in his future. Go ahead. So, what's your weird hobby? If you don't sing in the shower, what do you do for fun? <laughs> Well, I usually am singing with him, so... Oh, you do? So what, are you like a backup singer, or do you start your own song? Uh, are you guys doing, like, uh, the Mamas and the Papas harmonies or something? <laughs> no, I'd probably call it, like, a duet or something like that. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> what's, what's, your, what's your favorite duet that you've done with Cole Caulfield? Oh, my gosh, I can't even tell you. Okay. There's, there's been too many, but, um, yeah, there's definitely been some fun times uh, with him. Um, but, uh, yeah, like I said, just a, he's a really good kid. Well, you guys certainly are going to have a bond with a lot of your uh, NTDP teammates. You know, Jack Hughes in Jersey. We hate the Devils mm-hmm. in Philadelphia. Uh, <laughs> so uh, yeah. that rivalry will go on for uh, many, many, many years. And then we're not really too fond of uh, the Canadians here either. 
where uh, your teammate Cole Caulfield ended up. They're everywhere. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, it, it's amazing. Yeah. You're gonna, 31 teams around the league, and they've all got a couple of guys at this point. Yeah. Philly, it's uh, one of those teams that everyone hates to play against. So, uh, it's true. Just happy to be a part of it. Yeah. Well, hey, Cam, we appreciate you taking the time today. Good luck with development camp and uh, at the University of Michigan. We'll be keeping an eye on you, and uh, thanks for taking the time today. Congratulations on the first-round selection, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Yep, thanks so much, guys. Appreciate it. All right, there you go. Cam York, the Flyers' uh, first overall pick in the 2019 NHL draft. He seems like a good kid. Yeah, I mean, him and Caulfield doing duets in the shower. I'm feeling like we should do a duet at some point. No, nah, uh, forget it. Forget you do it, man. not want me to No, sing. I'm a horrible singer. Yeah, I am, I am as well. Uh, <laughs> I'll just stick to uh, stick to hockey, yeah. oddly enough. But uh, uh, So we'll talk to uh, Kevin Hayes coming up here momentarily, and we'll get to Brent Flair, Flyers' assistant general manager as well, who uh, basically ran the draft for Chuck Fletcher and the Philadelphia Flyers. And we'll get into some more details of that draft. A couple things before we get to Kevin Hayes. You know, he signs the big deal, but uh, some other things around the league. Craig Berube gets a contract and removes an interim tag. Three-year deal, I told you. I mean, yep. you can't give him more than three years mm-hmm. because, honestly— you have to see what he can do when a season starts flat-footed. He'll probably do great, mm-hmm. but you have to see that. And so, and Berube likes to challenge anyhow. Like I don't think he's put off by a three-year deal because he probably figures I'll charge you more on the next deal. So yeah. I think it works for everybody. It's a smart thing. I mean, that deal's been hammered out forever. I mean, it's, there was never a question. Good for Craig. I, he, he deserves it. I wonder yep. if he'll finally get a place outside of this area. He might. Uh, but then again, he might be one of those guys that doesn't. Maybe he just rents. Yeah, he's a simple guy, and he, he's yeah. a really good guy. Very happy for him after winning the Cup. Um, let, let's bounce around a little bit here before we get to uh, Kevin Hayes. Uh, the Travis Sanheim bridge deal. Two years, uh, 3.25 cap hit. Uh, I love the deal, and I like it for both sides. Well, I mean, you have to like it now because you know they've spent money like crazy, so it makes it easier this season. On the back end of that, though, when you could get killed. You could get killed. Mm-hmm. I mean... We might not even be talking about $8 million anymore for defensemen by then. It might be talking nine, nine and a half. Yeah. And if he's so, a guy that quarterbacks your power play. Yeah. I know some people gasp numbers. and they're going to tweet me and say, oh, no, it's impossible. Yeah. But I don't know. When have prices gone down for well, premium players? Well, it's interesting because the cap is set at $81.5 million this year. And right. it looks like they're not going to kick in the escalators next year. The escrow issue is there. Right. And then that new TV deal is going to kick in two years beyond that and a new club with right. Seattle. So the AAV is going to you're going to see a big jump in well, that. Well, forget the new club. The, the the teams just pocket that money. Don't forget yeah, I'm, that. I'm just talking about just the Seattle. That doesn't revenue. trickle down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. But um, uh, so he gets the the extension. We're still dealing with the RFA uh, contracts of uh, Travis Konechny and Ivan Provorov. The Provorov one's going to be really sticky. Oh, I yeah. imagine he goes bridge deal as well. I don't think he'll sign a bridge deal willingly. Like I think shortest I, term will be five years. Then. Uh, I think four or five years, but I think that bridge deal, if that happens, that's happening in, like, I don't know, late September. Mm, boy, that's never a good situation. No, I mean, I'm just saying. I just can't yeah. imagine that that's what they're going to want to do. Yeah. Well, you have so many RFAs on the market, and nobody wants to be first. Right. Now, Sanheim signs that two-year bridge deal. That's different, though. He's in a different category. But look at it. Yeah, forget about Sanheim. you yeah. got to look at it from Provorov's perspective. Mm-hmm. He brought the defense back to respectability. Maybe he didn't play as great as you'd like last year. Still had a good year. Yeah. And he actually rebounded really well. When when coaching changed, it definitely benefited him. I mean, there were some hiccups. He you know, he wasn't playing great with Gossespear. They finally got away from that. There was a coaching change, so that's something that would always could upset a young player. All those things aside, 
He doesn't miss games. He plays a ton of minutes. Yeah. You and you know, forgetting about points, he'll, he'll always get points. He's never going to be a top point producer, but depending on the situation you put him in, he could get more. He's as reliable as they get. You can't just simply take him out of the equation and say, "Ah, eh, you know, we'll just give you this short-term deal. You're still in our plans, Ivan." And he's probably like, "No, he's not going to accept that." No, I look at all these other guys getting signed, and it's like, no. No, I deserve a deal. Yes. Yeah. I I don't know how that one's going to play out. Um, I know that Chuck Fletcher would love to have that deal done right now. You think? But But, but let's be realistic. Ron Hextall couldn't get that deal done. And Mm -hmm. it's not not because of the Flyers. I I will defend the Flyers on this one. It is the agent. The agent, like Hextall, did not enjoy dealing with that agent. And now we see that this agent is waiting for, like, every other signing to happen Mm -hmm. to set the market for his client. Provov was never going to sign this deal early. Yeah. He just wasn't. Um, okay, so what does Konechny end up getting? How does this work out? Well, I, mean, I think he deserves $4 bucks a year mm-hmm. on a bridge. So that's a three-year deal at like a 4.25 cap hit? Something like that, but will there be that much left? <laughs> I mean, that's a legit question. Well, you, I mean, when you look at his numbers as well, and, and, he's, and he's potentially your top-line uh, right-winger at this point, because you're going to play Giroux on the off wing, but he's got back-to-back 24 goal seasons. He's, yeah, he's, he's poised for 30. He's one of the third, fourth best goal scorers on that team, however mm-hmm. you want to look at it. Uh, consistent. He he brings the juice all the time, even when he's not scoring. There's other things he does. He definitely has no fear. He is an agitator. He does a lot of different things. All that said, he doesn't have much power here. Yeah, he doesn't have a tremendous amount of leverage. No. Um, so the Flyers, it comes out uh, on this Wednesday, the Flyers have agreed to a one-year contract extension for Brian Elliott. This will be the contentious part of the show, by the way, um, <laughs> because you and I are on opposite ends of this. Um, I've been saying it for a long time that I thought that this was this was a no-brainer move for the Flyers. I, I remember saying this back into last season, not this past season, right. the season before, that with heart developing, you're going to need a veteran guy to transition and it's not a tandem situation. Hart is your starter, but you're going to need a guy there that's going to be able to handle upwards of 32 to 36 games if need be. Yeah. Um, and he's the right guy for that job. I don't think Elliott at this point in his career, at his age, and the wear and tear on his body is a guy that can be a starter. It was a question of, he's 34 years old, can he handle transitioning mentally to that backup mentor position. And if he could and he was ready for that at 34, A, he's going to long, you know, lengthen his career. And B, he's a good option because he's still a good goalie. Sure. I A couple things. First off, Cam Talbot, we hardly knew you. Um, yeah, thanks for coming I looked, out. I looked it up. Jason Muzzotti played more minutes for the New York Rangers than Cam Talbot yeah. did for the Flyers. It was like 211 minutes, by yeah. the way. Something like that. Okay. Getting past that, Brian Elliott's great in the room. We all like him. He's fun to talk to. And when he's on, he's on, right? We know that. He has an injury history. If people are going to say he's not that injured, you know, if we're going to get this thrown at us. Core, dual core injury, because he, he got the first core injury because they ran him into the ground. That's because true. Michael Neuvert was the worst tandem goalie in the history of yes. the league. Because he's never available. He That's pulled fair. He shoot the drop of a dime. And then they had to bring him back because Morozik couldn't stop a beach ball. Right. So they bring him back early from that. So he has dual core injuries. Really, it's one injury that he had to have two surgeries right. for. Other than that... He hasn't been an injury issue. But for Philly, he has. Yeah. So if you want to look at recency, that's yeah. I have to look at that because yeah. he's an aging goalie. But that's also based on You're usage. an aging goalie. He's an aging goalie. Yeah. I'm a much more <laughs> aged goalie. So, but, but what I look at is 
So if he really likes this organization and they like him, mm-hmm. why couldn't he just wait a little longer until some of these other deals are gone? And maybe you, we can't afford to give you two. Maybe you're going to have to take 1.25, but you're still here where you want to mm. be. Why did it have to be two, and why did it have to be today, and I why did it have to be... Two. I, I'm hung a, up on it. a really low number that you've allocated to your goaltending position with Hart because he's not I don't making know. anything. Like Robin Leonard got one and a half last year. Yeah, but he had a lot of baggage. Before last year, did wasn't McElhaney like 750? Yeah, he's 39. He was also claimed off oh, waiver. Okay, but I'm just saying... Now, I actually would have been okay with McElhaney. Yeah, but you could That's get goalies. Like. Yeah. You can get goalies for less. You just can't get them quickly. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying... Jason, tell me another team that was after Brian Elliott in this, if he was going to go well, UFA. I guarantee a team that, like Carolina would look at him. Oh, I don't know. I, I mean, what are they going to do? Morozik wants out of there. They fired their goalie coach. Morozik's out. <laughs> McElhaney's out. Who the hell are they going to put in that? That's a good question. You know what I mean? And I mean, Cam Alex Talbot's, Ned Yelkovic. Is either going to end up maybe on the island or in Calgary for Cam Talbot? Yeah, I think the island or Calgary are the, are the two spots for mm-hmm. sure. You know, I'm just saying. Did I you just... take a look at a Mike Smith? Is he ready to transition to that role? Yeah, I mean, Mike Smith is actually a healthier guy than mm-hmm. than Elliot. You have to admit that. I just don't know that he's ready to transition. No, I don't know either. I mean, mentor. you know, Jake he's Allen. Too. Jake Allen makes a lot more, so you wouldn't want him unless yeah. you'd have to get. But I'm just saying, no part of Jake Why Allen today? Why did it have to be so quick mm-hmm. to get him aboard? He was going to come anyhow. Wait mm-hmm. until you see how your finances are. Yeah, I, I don't have a problem with the money because, again, sure. I think the allocation is so low. Um, and t- it's the one thing around here. Like, he gets such a bad rap. I think he's a good goalie. No, he is a good goalie. I, I don't... didn't like him more before he got here. <laughs> no, no. I, I I don't want people to think I don't think he's a good goalie. Uh-huh. He is a good goalie. It's just here the injury bug has bitten just a few too many times that that has made it an issue. And so here's the big quiz, right? So let's say... You know, Carter Hart's got a nick, and Elliott's got a little bit of an injury. Who's that next goalie up, Jason? It's going to be Felix Sandstrom. No, he has no NHL experience. It'll be Alex Lyon, right? Unfortunately, I'd rather go with Sandstrom. Okay, I, I feel like I already. But know you what see, I, have. I know, but you you see the issue here. Yeah. Like it's just. Okay, I mean, can you go to like eight, nine goalies deep again? Yeah. All <laughs> can right. That happen? So let me ask you this: other, since we're in the contentious part of the program, tell me how the return looks now for Wayne Simmons. Well, it looks horrible. He <sighs> waited. Look, Chuck Fletcher waited too long. I mean, would you get a third? Yeah, and then you a trade fourth. A, a fourth. fourth, yeah, and Ryan Hartman, and you trade Hartman for Pitlick. Yeah. Now Pitlick gives you a little bit of versatility because yeah, he's a center. It's just cap relief. Hartman will get more points. He had more points just in the nineteen games than Pitlick. Mm. Points per game, he'll get more points. He will. Yeah, it, but it's if there's a difference, it's going to be marginal. I mean, it's going to be. Not I don't know about anything. that, but but at least I like I, I mean, like Pit, what Hartman Pitlick's brings. Averages fourteen. So. Yeah, I like what I like what Hartman brings as far as being a jerk on the ice too. Mm-hmm. That there's value in that, He's but got, when he first came in, I thought he was that, and then he kind of went away from that style of play. I don't know. If yeah, I just think the se- or... I think the season just ground on everybody. Yeah. I do, but I'm just saying the return for Wayne Simmons because everybody kept saying yeah, we got to bum- get this great return. It was bad. Yeah, I mean when you get a what was it a two for Boyle? Yeah, and you get a four for Simmons. Yeah, he waited too long. I don't know if Chuck Fletcher just decided to wait until after the Stadium Series game or what. Well, but, they did. No, they clearly did because yeah, they wanted to use him in that game. Yeah, and against the Penguins, and it was his swan song. So, right. Uh, we'll hear from Kevin Hayes here coming up in a minute. I put out a tweet uh, uh, teasing the show and uh, solicited questions. Okay. Um, all right, so here's the question from Tim Tobin on Twitter. He says, give us two or three under-the-radar third-line wingers that could help and reali- re- realistically could sign with the Flyers. Okay, so I'm going to go from cheapest to most expensive, to maybe a complete surprise. 
So we'll go Alex Chason, mm-hmm. who can get 20 goals. He's gotten 20 goals in this league before. He can get more if you put him in the right situation. Uh, not expensive. Brett Connolly. Brett Connolly's been on championship teams. Yep. Really good player. I mean, he's never going to be the same because he had that early shoulder injury, but he's actually rounded into a nice player, and I think he made two and a half last year. Matt Zuccarello. Yeah, I don't know if I want Zuccarello. Oh, yeah, because he looked bad in the playoffs, right? He, no, he ignited Dallas. I mean, yeah, I know. I, I just, he's 31. He's game. not 101. Yeah, I know. This team's gotten older, though, already. But he has no injury history. This mm. guy is a wily, good veteran who gets you... 40, 50 points, but in the playoffs, a valuable guy, as you saw for Dallas. When he was in there, he made all the difference. All right, let me slot the guys differently. And I'm going to give you the surprise one. Okay, go ahead. Justin Williams. You're going to go Justin Williams in a third-line role? Yep. Okay. I think if he comes back, and I believe he will, I think he's going back to Carolina. He doesn't have to. No, he doesn't have to. He does have a home here yeah. in Philadelphia. Maybe that's a possibility. All right, let me give you three guys via trade. Okay. Tell me which one you preferred. Uh, Nikolai Ehlers. Yeah, I really like them, but it's going to cost a, a ton. Well, they're in cap hell in the $81.5 million. Yeah, but it's not like they're giving them to you. No, no, you're not going to give but you have things you can trade to get him and his $6 million cap. Are you going to give him Goss Spear and Radcliffe for Ehlers and, and a pick? Uh, I'll, some some combination thereof. Okay, I mean, if you're willing to do that, that's fine. Yeah. or That would solve the problem. Yeah, I mean, he's 23 years old. He still has more upside than what I think he's been able to show at, at Winnipeg. Yeah, I think. Yeah. He'd be your second-line left winger. Yeah, I don't think Maurice has used him to his... Abilities. All right. Uh, another guy. Let me give you Jonathan Drouin. There's a yep. lot of smoke around the Flyers and the Montreal Canadiens uh, regarding Shane Goss's bear. How about Jonathan Drouin? Be great. I mean, again, Jonathan Drouin, very skilled, fast, could play center in a pinch, but you put him in wing, frees up the center responsibilities, mm-hmm. got a great shot, excellent skater. Like I said, good stick and puck control. I, I really, Jonathan Drouin would be amazing here. Okay. He would. All right. And let me give you uh, William Nylander. <sighs> I mean, they, they need to clear more space for Mitch Marner. Right. Okay, they but the, just th- need the to. thing with Nylander is it has to be after July 1st because they pay this massive yep. bonus to him. Now, because, like of, bonus, now right? because of that, they're going to ask for Sanheim. No, well, I'm not doing that. Okay, they're going to ask for Myers. Um, God. I mean, I'm just saying, this is... Can, can I go Gossespierre? I mean, you could, and, and, and fine. So we want Gossespierre, and now, like, we want Frost. I'm not going Goss and Frost. That's too much. <laughs> I'm sorry. This guy's a, a proven player on a mm. cheap, like it, not that cheap. It's six point nine, isn't it? No, no, no. But it's not after the bonuses. No, no. That's a, the the AAV is okay. So it's so at six nine. I thought it was yeah. a little less than that. Yeah, I no, believe it's, so. It's not cheap, but you're getting a proven guy. Yeah. So I don't worry about with the actual money paid because right. they got, they're printing it. Yeah, yeah. I worry about the cap hit. Okay, so. I'm just, uh, that's what they're going to ask for, man. I mean, they're. All right, so his, yeah, $6.9 million against the salary cap. The first season carries a prorated $10 million salary that comes out to 6 point, because he. 6.2. Yeah, because Okay, he, so that's a difference. Yep. All right, so it's 6.2 and Gossier is like, I don't know, 4.8, something like that. Yeah. So maybe. No, you have, so the cap it is 16, 6.9. Oh, it is. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. But they so, had to prorate it because of the, because of the. Um, okay, he got it. In December. So. To balance it out, maybe it's going to have to be, let's say, Gostaspear, Frost, and Lawton, and they give you Nylander and Jeremy Bracco. It's going to have to be something like that. Yeah, I mean, this for all the, you know, Chuck Fletcher's made a lot of moves, and when you look at it, 
none bigger than the man who's joining us right now. The newest Philadelphia Flyer signs a seven-year contract, and he joins us on the Stick to Hockey podcast, Kevin Hayes. Kevin, how you doing? Hey, how are you? Uh, so, so, Kevin, uh, you're the newest member of the Philadelphia Flyers. You signed the seven-year contract. Your rights were acquired uh, prior to free agency. What was the uh, determining factor to make you go pen to paper and uh, sign, on, sign on for seven years with the Flyers? Yeah, um, I mean, when I got traded from uh, Winnipeg to Philly, I was uh, I was kind of shocked. I didn't know anyone would would do that because of uh, free agency. But but um, I mean, it just it was kind of cool to to be traded and to kind of feel wanted. And um, I mean, Philly was kind of on the short list of teams I would expect to talk to come July first, and it kind of just gave us a head start to to start talking. Um, I flew in on a Tuesday and came and talked to the GM and talked to AV a couple of times and checked out the rink and the practice rink and I uh, was pretty impressed. Uh, it was awesome. I had an absolute blast. They did a good job. Um, and then once we started negotiating, um, we kind of came to an agreement and I couldn't be happier uh, to be joining the Flyers and to kind of join a team that is um, – trying to get back towards playoffs and, and build a championship team. Yeah, Kevin, you had a lot of fan support in uh, in New York with the Rangers, and, and sometimes the fans would take your side and say, you know, blame the coach like they're not using you right, they're not giving you enough opportunity, but yet you did sort of break out with Elaine Vigneault. How comfortable are you playing for Elaine Vigneault again? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I've I entered the league with A.V., um, definitely wasn't easy when you come from, from B.C. into the NHL. It's, right. Uh, you're kind of in over your head a little bit, and I think AV helped me out a ton there. Um, he kind of changed my style of game a little bit, and uh, and and then um, I kind of went from an offense-only player to a 200-foot player, and a lot of it has to do with him. And I mean, the comfortability level with the coach is huge. Uh, entering the rink, knowing you're on the same term, the same terms with your coaches and stuff, it uh, makes it a lot easier. Well, that, that makes the transition. Because you know, playing for him just a couple of years ago, and as you said, you starting your career with him makes the transition to Philadelphia that much easier. Did, did you talk to any uh, current Flyer players uh, while you were going through this process to make a decision and and kind of see where you know ha, you know their feelings on the team and where things are going and and make those connections when you're considering this process? Yeah, I mean, once I got traded, uh, James Van Riemsdyk reached out. Uh, I've known him for a long time now. Um, I mean, I've known him for probably 10-plus years now. and He'll take and, you to all uh, the right restaurants. He knows all the right restaurants. Yeah, exactly. Perfect. And and um, Giroux reached out. I talked to him, Scott Lawton. I went to a camp with those guys last summer uh, in August, so they kind of gave me the rundown. And, and um, I mean, I, I think they're happy I signed, so hopefully it'll be a, a, good, uh, a good combination. Kevin, I feel like an underrated part of your game is what you could do in, in the open ice. I mean, people look at you and – I think you could shoot, you could score. I think you're pretty split that way. But I do think when there's a lot of open ice, you're pretty dangerous. What what goes through your mind when you get those kind of situations in a game? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I've always been known as a, as a pass-first type player. Uh, I enter every season trying to tell myself I'm going to shoot more. It <laughs> doesn't, really, doesn't really last long. But Don't worry, but, the people um, in the building will tell you to shoot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um but no, I mean, I think I'm, I think I'm pretty gifted offensively. Uh, I try to make the players around me better, and and um, I try to make the right play when I when I have the puck on it. Uh, sometimes a little risky, but uh, hopefully more than often it works out. And 
And um, but yeah, I mean, I think I I entered the league definitely as an offensive player, and I think over the last couple of years I've kind of transitioned into a penalty kill forward and into more of a defensive center that can provide some good offense as well. Uh, when you have uh, the success that you had in New York, and uh, you know under Elaine Vigno, and you're coming into this situation, you're a guy that'll kill penalties. You'll be a power play player as well. Very versatile. That helps get you paid in the NHL, which you didn't for sure. Uh, but playing against the Flyers as a Ranger and over your career, uh, where do you feel like this team is right now? You've seen some of the other changes uh, other than the addition of yourself to this Flyers roster. Where is this team? What's it capable of as we head into the 2019-2020 season? Yeah, I mean, being on the opposing side, it was never never fun coming into that building and, and playing against the Flyers. Uh Especially being in New York, it was kind of a pretty big rival, so that even <laughs> added to the even added to the game. But but no, I mean I think uh, I think they've always been a very offensive team. Uh, they have elite forwards, um, and then they added they added Niskanen and Braun uh, to go along with those young guys they have back there that are elite players in this league and, and do really well for themselves. And I think with the acquisitions that we've made over the past I don't know three or four weeks. Uh, it's only it's only been trending upwards, and and as a as a player playing in the NHL, that's what you want to be involved with. You want to be with an organization and a and an owner and a, and a GM that wants to win. And I know in the past playing for AV, his his biggest goal in this league is to is to win a Stanley Cup, and and um, I think that's what we're trying to make here. Yeah, Kevin, what do you think uh, mentorship wise you could offer for Nolan Patrick? a guy in a similar situation to you when he first broke in. Yeah, he may have had more attention given to him, but again, trying to play a second-line center role when you're younger, now you're taking that pressure off of them. What do you think you could offer to him as far as advice? Yeah, I mean, that's. uh, I hope we have a a great connection right from the start. Uh, He's a little younger than I was when I entered the league, uh, Mm -hmm. which is more more impressive, but... um, it's a difficult league to, to play 82 games in as a, as a young forward. Uh, I mean, it's taxing, and, and you have a good couple of weeks, and all of a sudden the fans and the media put put you on a pedestal, and they don't realize that you have to keep on playing 82 games every night and every other night, and it's, it's a grind. Um, and for me, I was lucky enough to, to, be the, to be a second and third line center when I was young under AV with – with uh, older players like Haglin and St. Louis, and we got to go out there against the other team's third pair most of the time, and it, it's, it makes the game a lot easier, and you can build confidence when you're playing well. And I mean, he's an unbelievable player, to be honest, already, and uh, I'm sure he's expecting to have, have a great year. Kevin, how, how will you and Chris Kreider be now? Because he used to tell me when he got into this town, the minute he got off this train, in this building, his whole attitude would change, his whole demeanor would change. Now you're on the opposite side. I mean, you were opposite side last year for a little while, but now you're going to match up Flyers-Rangers with him. How's that going to go? Yeah, that'll be different for sure. Uh, but like I said, it's uh, I'm on the Flyers now. Uh, I can't wait to get to Philly. I can't wait to put on that jersey and... and uh, I mean, two points is two points in the NHL, and they're yep. important, and, and uh, that's what I'll be trying to do every night. Well, Kevin, man, we appreciate you taking the time. Uh, what's the uh, rest of uh, – when do you start beginning the hardcore training? Are you back on the ice yet? Uh, I haven't stepped on the ice yet, but usually around after the fourth. Uh, I mean, we, we had an early exit in Winnipeg, so I got in the gym pretty quickly, but um, I usually hop on the ice right around after the fourth. Break in the new gear, get the skates baked and all that stuff, and yeah, you're ready exactly. to go? 
How, exactly. how long does it take for you kind of for your hands and everything to get in sync? Is, is that not um, until the preseason when you guys go really at top gear? Or do you, or do you find that, uh, that that stuff kind of comes together uh, like in August or something? We have, we have a pretty good group up here in Boston uh, of NHL players that work out and skate together. So uh, I try to tell myself it takes about a week, but I'm not really sure. <laughs> who, so, who are you working so out with? Hopefully uh, we got up here. It's like uh, my brother, uh, Brian Boyle, Kyle Palmieri, Chris Wagner, uh, Zach Sanford. Uh, Charlie Coyle is a pretty good, pretty good group. That's of guys a good mix. Yeah. That's a good mix. That live in Boston, Noah Hannafin, Colin White. So wow. it's, it's, uh, it's yeah, a fun sh- group. That shinny game must be great in the morning. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's good. Yeah. Hey, yeah. hey, Kevin, man, best of luck training this summer. We're looking forward to training camp already, man. It feels like an eternity away. I think the the season kicks off for you guys. I think in a hundred days. If uh if I'm right here, I'm just gonna check that as we speak. Yeah, hundred days from now, in four hours and seven minutes, in the Czech Republic, no less. That's what I heard. I didn't even know that until I saw the <laughs> schedule yesterday. You've signed on to uh, that. It doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. No, that, that'll be a blast. Uh, we're playing the Hawks. Um, yep. Who drafted I mean, you, I, by the way. I, yeah. yeah. And uh, I haven't, I've actually never played a game over there for the NHL, but it'll be a cool experience for sure. Yeah. And uh, I'm sure that Jake Voracek will know all the right spots, man. Don't worry. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Kevin, we appreciate it, man. Uh, congrats on the contract. Congrats on uh, being the new, newest member of the Flyers. And thanks for doing this, man. We'll see you soon. Yeah, thank you very much. Talk to you soon, guys. Perfect. Thanks, Kev. Yep, yeah. thanks. Yeah, of course. Yeah. All right, we go right from Kevin Hayes, and we go right to Flyers Assistant General Manager Brent Flair. Brent, how you doing? Good, good. How are you guys doing? Great. Well, Brent, we just got off the phone with Kevin Hayes. We talked to your number one uh, uh, overall pick in Cam York a little earlier. There's a, we've got, it's busy time in hockey right now. It has, uh, yeah, it's been a very busy couple of weeks, and uh, probably for another week or so, it'll be continue to be busy. But uh, it's an exciting time of year. This is the fun part. Brent, give, give us an idea when when we're talking about Bobby Brink. I I watched him earlier in the year, and I felt like he was a guy that kept getting better and better. By the U18s, he was one of the best guys on that team. Is that sort of what you saw with him? Yeah, I've seen Bobby for, obviously, coming from Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've seen him for a number of years uh, in the high school level. and uh, He's been the best player out there in his age group there for, for a long time. And uh, This year he came in from high school uh, with into the USHL with the intention of playing a few games to make himself eligible for the playoffs. And uh, he started and was over two points per game during his uh, stretch, so they talked him into staying rather than going back to, to Minnetonka for high school. And uh, obviously, he was, he was, you know, probably too good for high school at that point. Oh so yeah, he made the decision to stay, and uh, he just kept his pace going and uh, had a terrific year. He, he was banged up by injury there, and I think it was around January, uh, which set him back a little bit. Uh, but otherwise, uh, just a terrific season from start to finish, really. So. Uh, Brent, when you guys are heading into this period of time and, and your preparation with the draft and you know, you're, you're hearing from all your scouts, putting together you know, your board and all of that, you and Chuck Fletcher, this is your first draft uh, with the Philadelphia Flyers, uh, what did you want to accomplish and do you feel like you accomplished, you, you know, you accomplished what you set out to? Yeah, it's been a busy month. We've had a series of meetings uh, on the amateur side, uh, a couple pro meetings, uh, different sets uh, in regards to what we're trying to do in free agency and uh, to to alter our team and make us better here this year and um, so you know those went for a while and obviously uh, we made some moves to really stabilize what we feel are our back 
our back end of our team and you know we got some quality young defensemen and to to add a Niskanen and a Braun to give you know those guys uh, you know quality veteran players and the presence and um just the experience uh that they add to to a young blue line you know should really help us uh, and obviously uh, we had a hole up the middle and to add Kevin Hayes uh, obviously slots everything uh, better and you know allows Claude to play on the uh left wing which mm-hmm. we feel he's more productive I think he feels he's more productive but uh anytime there's an injury or whatever he's happy to play center and uh just slots you know if you look at our lineup now uh especially on the back end I think everything's slotted properly and uh it should allow us to give us a lot more depth and be a lot more productive uh obviously on the amateur side the uh, the meetings we uh not only just putting our our draft list in order but you know as you get closer you go through a lot of scenarios and you know, we spend a lot of time on the phones talking uh, to other teams and what they're looking to do, and uh, we do a lot of research to see from agents and other staff to to hear where guys are going. And you know, you do your your research, which allowed us to trade back and uh, get the get a player that we were very happy with at a second round pick, and again move up and and uh, get Bobby Brink. So uh, you know, it worked out. It doesn't always work out that easily, but it uh, it did in this case. So we're very happy. Yeah. I- Pre-draft, I I done a little bit of talking about Ronnie Adderd, and it's interesting because I felt like people were not giving him credit because he was an overager. He's a twenty-year-old guy. You know, he's in third year of the USHL. Like, how good could he be? But I, I spoke to an a, an opposing uh, scout and for another team who basically said they you know he killed him. He would kill him in games. If it wasn't his shot, then it was his aggression. His skating's good. I mean, he had 30 goals. I mean, there's a lot to like there. I get that nobody's ever a perfect thing, and it's going to take him a little while, but I feel like that was a great pick for you guys. Yeah, you know, we thought, you know, there's lots of value at the time. Um, you know, you can look at it different different ways. If, if we drafted him two years ago in, in the draft, uh, we'd be very happy with, right. with our draft pick right now. Yeah, so. yeah. Uh, he, you know what he brings. Uh, if you get to meet him, he's got tons of energy. You watch him out here, even at development camp. He uh, just loves to play the game. He's got ton, you know he skates. He's got the big shot. He likes to play physical, and um, he's got a lot of tools. Uh, you know, big right shot defensemen are are extremely valuable, and you know he he has a lot of intangibles that give give himself a chance to play. And obviously, his numbers offensively this year were terrific. Um, I don't even necessarily project him as an offensive defenseman at the, mm-hmm. at the pro level, but he does have that dimension, and we hope he continues to grow it. Um, but you know, with his size and his mean streak and uh, his ability to you know take time and space away, we think he could be a solid defender as well. Uh, Brent, uh, when you look at uh, everything you accomplished in the amateur draft this year, we get the news today that uh, you guys are bringing back Brian Elliott on a one-year deal. Um, and I know we talked to Chuck here before, and Chuck said, you know, when you have a young goalie at 20, it'll be 21 when the season starts for Carter Hart, I believe his birthday's in August, but um, having a veteran guy like Brian Elliott, I love the move um, because I think he's the perfect guy at the perfect time in his career to transition to that role and still can provide you really good goaltending if used uh, his usage is limited, not limited in the sense of 10 games, but if you can play him the right amount of times, Brian Elliott's a, a great spot uh, to really help out a young goalie like Carter Hart. Yeah, no, he's you know obviously Brian. Um, I've I've had him in in Ottawa at the start of his career, and I've known him for a long time. The type of person he is, and uh, he's a competitor. So you know he he was a free agent. He had the right to go, uh, you know, search the market and see what 
other options are out there, and he did have other options. But you know, he liked Philadelphia, he liked the situation, and we have you know Carter Hart, who you know they get along with well, and he understands he's still going to have an important role on this team. And uh, you know, Carter's a young goalie, and there's you know there's lots of variables in the NHL, especially with goaltending. But he finally feels healthy, he feels good, he he likes the Philly area, and he likes the players. And you know, for him, it's a good fit. And you know, at this point in his career, he, he wants to, to be an important guy and on a good team, and he, he feels we've improved, and, uh, you know, we're very happy to have him. I think, it, as you said, it's a, a perfect fit, and the number worked for us uh, cap-wise and, and for him as well. So uh, very happy, and, and uh, you know, if we had to go elsewhere, you know, I don't, you know, we know what we know of him. Uh, when you're going outside and bringing somebody else in, you don't always know the, the type of player they are, the the type of person they are, sure. and uh, we have all the confidence in the world in Brian. Do you have goalie depth that can get you eight deep this year? <laughs> I don't know if anybody ever does. So I, I hope we <laughs> I mean, that was uh, outlandish, but... <laughs> yeah, no, I don't... Uh, I hope I never have to see that again. Let me ask you, Brian, um, with Lehigh, what is your expectations for Felix Sandstrom this year? Well, you know, it's early. I think, uh, you know, first of all, it's going to be an adjustment period for any European goalie coming over. Right. I think, uh, you know, he's had his successes over there. Um, he, he's a very confident kid. Uh, just talking to him briefly here and, and seeing him play, he's, you know, he, he wants to come in. He, he got in one game last year in Lehigh and had a lot of fun and played very well. So I hope that experience, he knows, you know, you can just see what he needs to do to get stronger and uh, prepare himself. But, uh, you know, he, he he's a worker. So, uh, we think he can come in and challenge, and obviously we have uh, Alex Lyon as well and Ustamenko, and you know they can compete for for uh, for starts, and uh, we'll see where it ends up. But it's it's early stages, but I I hope he can come in and uh, play with confidence and really build his game, and that's our goal. Uh, I want to get a, a capsule thought on four guys from you, Brent, um, and the four guys are Sam Moran, Morgan Frost, Joel Farabee, and Isaac Ratcliffe. Okay. Uh, we can start well, with Moran, I guess. Yeah, well, Sam and um, you know the poor kid. He's been out for for a large part of two seasons, but yeah. uh, every time I, I come into the office, he's down there working out. Uh, he comes in, he's got a big smile on his face. He's a huge tower of a man, and <laughs> uh, he's a guy that you know. Every time you see him, you're, and you're, our new coaching staff sees him. Everybody just you know prays he can be healthy and, and be a contributor to our team because he's one. He's uh, obviously brings an element that. We don't have uh, the size and toughness, and uh, the energy he brings every day to the room. The guys light up when he's around. You know, he's a it's one of those personalities that everybody really enjoys having around. So, I just hope he can stay healthy and, and build his game up and and establish himself. And uh, we'd be better for it if he can. Uh, how about uh, Isaac Ratcliffe? Isaac Ratcliffe, uh, you know, he's come a long ways in a couple of years since uh, Flyers drafted him. Uh, he's obviously when you see him, he's he's six six. He's got very good hands for a big man. He can score. Uh, he's going to be a good. He already is a good yeah. skater, but he's got a, you know, he's still a boy. He's got a, you yeah. know, he's going to fill out and get stronger. He's going to need some time. Uh, Flyers fans need to be a little patient with him uh, <laughs> as far as his physical development. But there's tremendous upside to this player. Uh, uh, the amount of goals he scored and the way he scores them uh, translates to the NHL. So he just needs to, uh, you know, the let nature take its course, work hard, and 
as he fills out and gets stronger, he should uh, he should be hopefully a good player for us going forward. Uh, one of the uh, two of the players rather that fans really want to get a look at and maybe a spot on your uh, third line wing uh, are both uh, Morgan Frost and Joel Faraby. Uh, these players are going to have to earn it out of camp and in preseason, but at this point, do they have a shot? Yeah, no. Hey, we have uh, two good young players there. Uh, both players have terrific vision, uh, terrific hockey sense, and the skill to to make plays and, and generate offense. Uh, they both have unique talents uh, as far as their offensive instincts and skill set. Uh, both players are you know coming into they're they're both very young. They're coming into the first pro season, and uh, we'll have lots to learn. Uh, you know, both players, the the game, uh, whether it's college level or the junior level, has come easy to them, and uh, now it's going to be a challenge against pro players and bigger, stronger guys, and how they adjust to that, and how quickly they adjust to the the pace and the speed and the size of the NHL or pro game, for that matter, uh, is going to dictate when they play. So, um, obviously, we're excited to see them uh, playing with the big guys. Uh, at the same time, I I do think you have to uh, be patient a little bit, and you know wait and see where they're at and uh again it's an exciting time to see you know players of this caliber turning pro and whether they're going to be in lehigh or or up top it's uh you know they're going to be getting better every day and they're going to be a big part of our future yeah a lot of those guys like to not try and knock the door down in camp uh last thing so. yeah no doubt that that's the mentality you want um uh, brent last thing for you you guys we haven't even gotten to free agency uh, opening yet you guys have had a lot of change already from adding some veteran defensemen, a couple of trades. You signed Travis Sanheim. You got some RFAs still to deal with. You have added Kevin Hayes. As you mentioned, the amateur draft is now in the books. Are you guys done? No, no, we're not done. I think, uh, you know, we're still looking to add uh, uh, some depth to the lineup on the big team up front. Uh, I think we're still looking to add, uh, you know, certainly to help out Lehigh Valley and give us some depth players as well and some some veteran guys that can help uh, some of the young players down there develop and uh, be professionals and, and, and also give, you know, when we need a call up, they, they can provide some of that. So uh, we got, you know, we got some, lots of phone calls to make here this week. Uh, it's been busy, and but I think uh, there's, I can start seeing some light at the end of the tunnel here, which is positive. Yeah, no question about it. It's going to be a busy uh, free agency period and trades will be happening all over the league. And it's an interesting time with it, the cap staying at 81 and a half. So, uh, Brett, we'll let you get back to work. I know it's busy for you and I know you look forward to the vacation eventually, but still work to be done. Thanks for doing this and we'll talk to you up the road. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Hey, Brett, thanks, man. Appreciate it. No problem. Bye-bye. Right, be good. All right, there he is. Uh, Flyers Assistant General Manager Brent Flair. Um, so that last question out the door. You've already done a lot. They've they've traded Racco Gudis for Niskanen. Right. They've gotten another veteran defenseman in Braun. Right. For draft picks. They've signed Kevin Hayes to a seven year, fifty million dollar contract. Right. They have the amateur draft in the books. There's yep. a lot of things that have happened. They've signed Brian Elliott, extended him. Backup goalie situation is now taken care of. But the question was, are you done? And the answer was a resounding no. Well, I mean, still going to try to help the big club, and then he went into the AHL. Fitting. Right. Well, he and has he to. to soften the blow. But that there. is his. But that is mm-hmm. his job, right? So he is going to get some talent for the AHL club because they're still going to want to sell tickets and let it be fun for the Lehigh Valley fans. No question about it. Mm-hmm. And maybe get players that hey, if you have to come up for a week, they can do that. So look for ex Minnesota Wild players that are around, and maybe uh, you'll yeah. find a few. But 
they're not going to have much more cap space, so they're going to have to trade a Gossip Spear exactly. or a Hag or somebody with a little salary if you want to get somebody with a little salary back. Yeah. The summer cap doesn't last forever. No, it doesn't. And, and you know, that's the interesting thing. I keep getting asked, uh, where's the wow move? Now, Kevin Hayes was your wow move. That's that, it. That's a wow. It's it's a big move because of the contract right. and the term. But that's it. And if, a, if and that wasn't center. if that wasn't wowy enough for you, you that's well, it. It's not for a lot of people because he's not the flashy player. Well, okay, he's not the so let's scorer. let's get into this. So yeah. I know. I, so in other sports, like you have to talk about like the NBA, right? So it's like, well, where's your Kevin Durant? Well, you know, in well, hockey, they see guys like Panarin out there, and right? They, but they want that. Okay, they want that. They've been there before, though. Mm-hmm. So you can't have it both ways. You can't have just gotten through with the rebuild and then go out and get those guys, too. When you have contracts that you were saddled with before, yep. like Jake Voracek. Yeah. You can't do anything. Dreams like a year in. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that's the unfortunate part. Like, there's nothing you could do about that. So you aren't going to bring in a superstar but you may have one in Carter Hart. So get behind that mm-hmm. and hope for the best for that. Like, it doesn't always have to be a big-name free agency. Maybe Morgan Frost makes the team, right? I don't know if he will, but maybe he does. Mm-hmm. Maybe he scores right out of the gate. Maybe that's your guy. But again, sometimes you have to just look at the guys that are getting in on the ground floor instead of looking at the guys that you're trying to lure in for free agency to make radio hosts happy. Yeah. Who cares? Well, the other part of it, too, is you got to realize that a player like Travis Konechny, who has scored back-to-back 24-goal seasons, that he's likely going to go to the 30-goal level. Right. So there's more goals, more offense for you. The addition of Kevin Hayes slotting now Nolan Patrick in a 3C position is a big deal. It's a big deal because you're now putting that player in Nolan Patrick, a second overall pick, into a position where it's S or get off the pot, A, and B, you're going to put him in an advantageous position due to matchups. Yeah, I mean, give me a well-balanced team that have like seven guys with 20 or more goals rather than having that one guy with 50, and then all of a sudden it gets sporadic after yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, I do believe that there will be another move. And if people are sure. wondering, why didn't I ask Brent about uh, Ellers? Why didn't I ask Brent about Joanne? They can't talk can't about comment it. on other players. Right, so, so what's just, the point? Yeah, just I he, he just he can't comment on specific players that are under contract with other clubs. So that's why I didn't ask it, just so people know. So I don't, you don't have to send a tweet, why didn't you ask me about <laughs> Ellers? I saw you report that they like him. Now, how do you know that's their voice? Uh, I, I know. Okay. Because I pretend that's their voice when I'm at home at night sometimes. Okay. And, and I'm getting yelled at all the time. So uh, <laughs> I mean, they've accomplished a lot here. You know, it's funny because when it comes to the Flyers, you know, when a guy like Radko Gudis won the Best Defenseman Award for the team this year. Right. That's the problem. Gudis uh, was your best defenseman. That's why they're not in the playoffs. <laughs> right. But then they trade him, and it's like, what are they doing trading their best defenseman? Yeah, you know? yeah. And, and they, look, and they retain some of his money. Yeah. And... It, you know, Which is the part I did not like. Yeah, I don't like his, that either. His salary was already low, and once that happened... That's when I was on this, you know what? The cap's getting swallowed up this year. And it is. Yeah. Once I saw that happening, I saw the the cap projection, and I was like, you know what? Yeah. There's not going to be much cap left after this year. All right, let's get a couple Twitter questions before we get out of here, all right? Um, Don't use that voice, though, because I don't think that's fair. Mike, this is the token (laughs) question I have to ask you every time. Mike in Swedesboro brings the goods. With a deep prospect pool and young players, Flyers can give up the the four first-rounders. Chances of the Flyers offer seating Mitch Marner. Chances of Leafs matching. Could they work out a trade for him? Essentially, can the Flyers land Mitch Marner? 
I will give that the same chances that Mike in Swedesboro has of playing in the NHL. <laughs> Zero. <laughs> here's, here's the thing about this. So let's say you go and make that deal and you get Mitch Marner, right? Mm-hmm. With the aging pieces you have here and the youth, you've got a weird thing where there's going to be a reset at some point. You know that mm-hmm. after like Giroux and Voracek, let's say, are gone. So Mitch Marner is then in the middle towards the end of his career when this is happening. Let's say for six years you've got a real chance what do you think is going to happen the next six years when you've had no picks, no first-rounders forever? Ooh. You're going to be worse than you were before. You don't want to be in that situation. That's why these offer sheets rarely ever get signed. There hasn't been one in years. This is why. Yeah. Right. And forget about that mid-level guy like, well, you only have to give up this. You attack somebody else's team, they're going to attack yours. Yep. So you know what? You go offer sheet somebody and watch one of your guys get, get offer sheeted. Yeah. That, it'll start that. The player to offer sheet's not Mitch Marner. The no. player to offer sheet is Sebastian Ajo. Right, because it's already been said they won't yeah. pay him more than like six point whatever a year. You give him an $8 million offer sheet, you might actually get him. But, again, it's a lot to lose on the uh, prospect side. All right, so John Brodo tweets and he says, How is Nolan Patrick handling his, his, handling his clear demotion to 3C? Has it lit a fire or the rumblings he is unhappy? Well, look, I think he's a young player and he's just looking for an opportunity to establish himself in the he's NHL. developing. Yeah, he's developing. Like he's a he's developing player. You heard what Kevin Hayes said about him. He's a developing player. It's not really a demotion. He just got put in a spot last year he wasn't ready for. You're not demoting him. The, matter of fact, you're looking for a better year out of him on the third line because yeah. the matchups are better. Yeah. yeah. The power plays on this team. All right, so let's put the lines together real quick. Okay. Your top line, Sean Couturier in the middle, Claude Giroux on the left wing, Travis Konechny on the right wing? Yeah. So we'll go with that to start. Second line is Kevin Hayes mm-hmm. in the middle. Jake Voracek on the right. Mm-hmm. And on the left wing, where are you going here? Are you going JVR? I guess you have to go JVR, but you could go Lindblom. You could go, yeah, you could go Lindblom. And then the third line, as it sits right now, you're going Nolan Patrick. Mm-hmm. Let's say JVR is on that third line, right. or second line. Uh, Lindblom. Right. And your right winger, why is it not coming to my head? That may be who they get in free agency. Yeah. The, the, or, or a trade. Player, or, yeah. or maybe it's Frost. Or maybe it's Farabee. Farabee. Uh, and then your fourth line right now without uh, Hartman is Pitlick, Lawton, and Raffle. Yeah. Then your D pairs. The fourth line's set. Like, that's a pretty good fourth mm, line. Yeah. I'm good with that. Yeah. Deep, <laughs> yeah. I mean, th- and, and that I don't know. Maybe group is much better than the one they had last year. No, and, and don't be shocked if Vigneault puts Lawton back at center because he's better on draws than Pitlick. Like yeah. Pitlick's They'll not be interchangeable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, could Lawton be your third line winger? I hope not. I hope not. Yeah, I mean, to me, that's. I mean, if, if all there. goes bad in this next round of when free agency opens, then he could be. Yeah, there's there's another player coming in, in my estimation. Uh, okay, so defensive pairings. Uh, who are you pairing with Provorov? Niskanen. Yes. Okay, you're going to Niskanen and Provorov, then you're going to go Sandheim and Braun. Yes. And then you're going to go Gostaspare. And Myers. And Myers. Yep. And then your your seventh is Haig. It's Haig until he gets traded, or it's Haig. Or and Moran. And Moran, because I think now Haig is a better chance of getting traded than Gostaspare. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see, we'll see how it plays out. I think there's yeah. still a, a trade And Moran should definitely play in Lehigh. And you heard, I mean, based on what Brent said, he needs to play. He yeah. can't be sitting in the press box. I think if you put that him... That does him no good. No, no, and I get that there's like there's a potential that he'll get scooped up by another team, but I think if you do it at the beginning of the year, no one's going to do that. If you wait 
and then there's injuries, then you might lose Sam Moran. Yeah, no question. All right, uh, Ross, you certainly said a lot on this show today. I, I do want to also episode. thank you for the, uh, oh, the Pure, Pure Leaf. Leaf. You, did, you mm-hmm. did buy that for me, and I know that you broke the budget here on the show, and yeah. I complained last time, and you came through. Thank you. Well, we just used the whole budget for the second 50 episodes <laughs> on episode 51. <laughs> uh, uh, by the way, I think we're going to have a combo episode coming up with uh, our friends at Snow the Goalie. We are, yeah. And uh, some others. So uh, stay tuned. We'll give you more details as that comes into fruition. Um, and we're going to talk to Chuck Fletcher coming up in the next couple of weeks. So still a lot to get to on the Stick to Hockey podcast. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, enjoy. I'd love to. I always say enjoy your hockey. You don't have any hockey right now. No, nope, hockey's done. Well, you can come to the rink and watch Beer League. There you go. All right. Enjoy your summer, everybody. We'll be back in, uh, next time on the Stick Hockey Podcast.